Welcome to the first episode of the Policy Points Podcast, where our goal is to inform listeners on key policy topics. I'm Matt Erickson, Ag Economic and Policy Advisor for Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit. It doesn't take much more than a mention of tax reform or debate on new legislation to make many of us involved in the agricultural industry sit up and listen concern how the bill might impact future generations of agricultural producers. We all know it takes constant debate and realignment to keep up with the quickly evolving political and economic landscape. While debate and change are healthy and necessary, it's not comfortable and can cause us all to speculate on what the outcome and impact will be. The key to all of this is to closely be connected with your advisors to understand how your business is structured. If you're not sure where to start, reach out to your trusted financial partner here at Farm Credit. Our associations have valuable relationships with experts in this industry that can help you get started. I've got Chuck Connor, President and CEO of the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives with me today to pull back the curtains on the reconciliation bill from his vantage point in Washington, D.C. Welcome and thanks for spending some time here with us today, Chuck. Thanks, Matt. I look forward to uh, spending some time with you as well. Chuck, I want to jump right in. The reconciliation bill has been a big topic of policy discussions in Washington. Although the original price tag for the reconciliation bill was $3.5 trillion, again, that's with a T, it's likely to be scaled back but remain in the trillions. Spending in the legislation will need to be offset by the combination of federal spending reductions, additional deficit spending, and tax increases. As we've been hearing for quite some time now, tax increases have been a central topic in negotiations that will help pay for these spending priorities. For agriculture, a couple tax issues have been front and center. First, the estate tax, and second, the stepped-up basis. Chuck, can you tell us about the political landscape surrounding these two tax issues? That's a great question, Matt. And let let me just say that bill that is being worked on in Congress, you talked about trillions of dollars. It's a big bill. I will tell you that early on in this process, the politics were that a lot of agricultural organizations, and, and I think even farmers in the countryside, they weren't paying a whole lot of attention to this bill. But then when they did start talking about the pay-fors and they realized estate taxes and stepped-up basis could indeed be one of the pay-fors, that really was a wake-up call uh, for American agriculture. And and I think really sort of got people out of their uh, tractor cabs a little bit, got to work on this. And I think very, very quickly, members of Congress became aware that this was not going to be an easy tax increase out there in farm country. Maintaining this policy is critical for many small businesses, including family farms. And Chuck, as we both know, many farmers and ranchers hold assets for decades that get passed on from generation to generation. I want to dive into farmland as an example, in particular, Iowa farmland over the past 30 years or so. In 1990, the average price of Iowa farmland was around $1,200 an acre. It's pretty incredible. Now fast forward to 2021, and the average price of Iowa farmland has since appreciated 550% to around $7,800 an acre. Without stepped-up basis, capital gains would apply on the increase in value instead of the value at the original time of purchase. Chuck, we both know that farming is an asset-heavy, capital-intensive type of business. The gains from farmland are often unrealized capital gains unless the land that's been in the family for generations is sold. Without stepped-up basis, the next generation of farmers would face an additional tax cash flow burden, which producers could easily be forced to sell the land just to pay the tax. Well, there, there is no question, Matt. I think members of Congress are far more aware of the impact of the stepped-up basis change today than what they would have been a few months ago when this issue first started being talked about. 
as I previously indicated, this was a bit of a wake up call for American agriculture on a bill that they otherwise weren't paying a whole lot of attention to. And uh, once this became clear that this was the pay for, they started paying a lot of attention and, and members of Congress, I think, heard about this. My advice to producers is make your member of Congress aware of the impact that this is going to have. If we're successful in that, I don't think it'll happen. You know, as we think about ending 2021, we immediately enter a critical election year in 2022. Chuck, I want you to look into the crystal ball here for a minute and tell us what important issues you see being debated in Washington next year. Generally speaking, let me just say that any issue that we debate next year is going to be done with, you know, cloud over it of the 2022 elections. For the Democrats who are, you know, still in charge and will be in charge at least through that time period, is 2022 is going to be a year where we're going to have a lot of discussions about climate. And these are important discussions for American agriculture, as it is believed around the planet that American agriculture is a contributor, if you will, as well as a, uh, an ability to improve uh, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. We're part of the equation on both ends of the spectrum. So you know, we, we've got to be ready for to make sure that at the end of the day, climate debate is positive for the American farmer. Heard me say that climate change does not necessarily have to mean money coming out of the farmer's pocket. In fact, I think it can actually enhance farm income and we've just got to make sure we keep it steered that direction. But I think that'll be a prominent piece of legislation that will be part of the rest of this year and 2022. Absolutely. And I think it's important that agriculture uh, continues to be an important part of that discussion uh, and, and be engaged in those conversations. You know, one that comes to mind, Chuck, for, for me is the start of the next farm bill, which I can't believe uh, we're already close to 2023 and we're already starting uh, to think about that next debate for the next farm bill. Chuck, what issues do you see arising from the next farm bill debate? Well, I think the next farm bill debate is going to be a really, really important one, Matt. You sort of have to justify everything with kind of fresh news and fresh eyes, uh, sort of the fundamental debate. And that's going to impact everything from discussion about land set-aside policy to uh, price supports, crop insurance, and as I've you know, previously mentioned, Title II, which is the conservation title. And I think this farm bill, in order to have any kind of chance at timely passage, is going to have to be a farm bill that is viewed as being climate friendly. Uh, you know, the politics behind climate have just gotten so intense particularly among undecided voters, and, and I'm not making a judgment on it one way or the other. I'm just making a political judgment of I don't think a farm bill can pass again that is not viewed as a pretty climate-friendly farm bill, and Title II is going to give us that opportunity, I think, to, to demonstrate that and hopefully do so again in a way that uh, helps farmers and is not a grain in the pocketbook. Yeah, and Chuck, you know, you bring up a really good point and a really fundamental point with any farm bill debate, and that's, you know, this is a good opportunity for producers to let their voices be heard, tell Congress, you know, what's working, what's not, what needs to be improved upon, and that's why we do reauthorizations of farm bills every five years. Chuck, thank you very much for being with us today to discuss these important topics. Just wanted to say thank you for your continued commitment to agriculture. No matter what happens with this bill in the next few days or weeks, take this as a wake-up call to reach out to your experts to confirm your legal and tax structure. Many don't act because of a lack of clarity for transitioning the business in the future, but it's crucial you protect your business today so that you have a business to transition. If you don't have experts who can help you plan, 
reach out to your valued financial partner here at Farm Credit to help make that connection. Just don't wait to get started. Be an advocate and also be prepared for change. I'm Matt Erickson, and I'll be back with you for another episode of Policy Points.